It's another light and easy session of It's Almost the Weekend Evening Edition. Mm, welcome to the Evening Edition of the podcast, where the drinks are cold. <laughs> oh no. And, and the... God. Um, and the bears are fairy. We've yes. got it all. <laughs> cold drinks, fairy furs. Fairy furs! Oh no. Uh, it's good to be here. It's it's good to hear your voice in recovery. Is that right? Yeah, man. It's been a it's been a rough and tumble weekend of uh, mostly just sleeping to get better. Uh, mm. I watched I don't know maybe forty episodes of One Piece. Wow. So wow. Are, maybe, I don't think I watched forty. Probably more like twenty. I think. I've done that, with it, but yeah, still very impressive. Just a lot of One Piece. That's a great show. One piece, it just keeps giving. It's the gift that keeps giving, you know? I'm, yeah, I'm just, like, over the moon that someone I know over the age of 30 has started One Piece anew. <laughs> you know? That's like when Bold. someone changes careers or something and it's just like, mm. oh, my gosh, that's a, that's a big move. But, you know, you want, you want to be supportive. And, like, that, oh. yeah, that idea to try new things as you get older, I'm all about it, baby. Yeah, this is my midlife crisis big time, I reckon. It's <laughs> getting into One Piece. Um, but no, yeah, it's it was really good. Um, they're, they're like a... I think it's like a technically a shonen anime, which is like... I don't really even know the correct definition, but there's like... When I think of other shonen animes, it's like... Um, my Hero Academia and like Bleach and Naruto and stuff like that. It's like hero based animes, right? Right. So, do you want to hear my like slapstick, probably not true definition of a shonen manga <laughs> or a shonen anime? So, yeah, like, yeah, go for it. so shonen is the publisher of the magazine in Japan and they oh, wow. typically choose um, things that get. 14 year old boys rock hard you know so like <laughs> yeah. hero stories with yeah, like female yeah. characters with big booties and all that big booties um yes so, so i've googled the uh definition you want to hear it <laughs> yeah well i want to be proven wrong instantly you but both you and i our com uh, shitty opinions combined forms basically <laughs> the definition we oh my god voltron our way there it's a genre of japanese comics and animated films aimed primarily at young male audiences uh, typically characterized by action filmed plots right action plots, yeah mm -hmm. uh, so yeah the thing that gets me with shonen though is it becomes like after the first main arc like if you've ever watched like the first arc, arc of bleach it's mm -hmm. like everything after that is kind of just literally a repeat of mm -hmm. season one of bleach Mm. Or arc one. Yeah, well, the whole writing manga thing, man, like, a lot of these manga cars are just, like, churning out stories mm. and drawings and, like, there's no master plan, you yeah, know? It, it, yeah. it, it's, like, their 18th attempt and for whatever reason it has, like, it's, like, a resounding success and, you know, the magazine's like, yo, we need, like... A, a, a whole new volume next week and they're like well fuck i better write some story for this shit and it's just like it's amazing to me it's kind of like when you uh you know you watch movies and you you're really impressed with like the performance or the plot line and then you find out afterwards that like some of it was ad-libbed or you know yeah. they had some extra time at the end of the day and they were just like oh yeah why don't we try doing this and it's just like man it feels so meticulously planned like it fits in with the rest of the story so well so like Man, yeah, the, yeah. the Mungikas, shout out to that just fucking raw talent <clears throat> of being able to push out genuinely arresting stories with no notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Apparently, uh, the creator of One Piece, Echio Oda, he's been doing One Piece, like, since he was, like, 15 or something like that. Whoa. He had, he's, like, had, you know, drawings and detailed notes in his notebooks at school about like the story of one piece um, and that's probably why it's still going and is still pretty successful i guess that's bonkers yeah that's uh, straight bonkers where i was going with that was the formulaicness of one piece which has started to show itself is really enjoyable it's not like mm. the same every time it's still you know it's like uh luffy shows up at like a new island and there's a big bad there and then they fight the big bad that's kind of it <laughs> 
right right the, right the, the creativeness of the battles that they get into and like the lead up to the battles and like the way you know there's usually like a new crewmate that shows up or like mm. they lose a crewmate or something happened you know like that kind of stuff is always floating around yeah cool and so yeah it's it's real good good times anyway this is a video game podcast how have you been doing <laughs> yeah yeah i've been good i'm leaning against that fur bear stuff that we mentioned earlier yeah. on i've already yeah. forgotten um where the drinks are cold apparently um yeah no I... <laughs> yeah man I've... the drinks are cold here <laughs> um oh my god why do we record in the evening it's always an absolute catastrophe i love it i love oh, it oh god um, by the way uh your microphone i think there's like a cable brustling up against the, the oh, microphone oh there is there is yeah. oh god all right let me just let me just stop this it's gonna be a little bit noisy oh god i'm making it it's gonna get worse before it gets better okay there we go oh yeah it was like just like cradling in my upper thigh and so every time oh. i like swung on the swivel chair it was like chit, 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 chit. so that's six minutes of unlistenable darian joe content as always isn't <laughs> here's to another 54 <laughs> minutes of oh dear anyway tell me about how you've been what have uh, you been doing what have you yeah, been playing i've been good um i've been playing that gears of war 2 um dude gears of war 2 fucking rules the the first game really impressed me it was really fun and it felt creative and experimental but Mm. gears of war 2 i feel like it must be a remaster even though it doesn't say it's a remaster Mm -hmm. it's at a crisp 60 frames per second um the voice acting is better the dialogue is like a million times better they're going all ham on that like melodramatic dom looking for his wife marcus being all like sad about it i don't know i'm i'm here for it i'm here for like <laughs> the dramatic big strong boys yeah very good um, um and and you've been streaming as we were saying prior to jumping on the pod yeah yeah i've been giving streaming a go i've been um playing resident evil 3 on stream uh and that's been awesome i mean obviously i had a lot of technical difficulties to begin with but we're there you were very helpful while i was struggling through the Uh, just inscrutable interface that is like starting a twitch account yeah Um, it can get a bit crazy (laughs) yeah but but yeah go go check that out dear listener we got twitch tv switch.tv forward slash ball app hell yeah um Go, go there yeah it's been fun and i'm loving resident evil 3 i think um you know i had i had a a couple of criticisms on on that um uh, second resident evil remake Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they've kind of answered them all like one of my biggest ones was like a dodge button and they've added a dodge button and you can do like a perfect dodge and you get this sweet animation and like it's made the boss fights really exciting and way more intense like Mm. in the second one you could just get cornered by like a giant monstrosity and that was kind of it for you if they just went hammer time um but in this one you can like get out of a corner and you know you get a lot more time on back on your side if you do a perfect job uh dodge sorry so like you know the the big bad clunking dude like swings down his grotesque arm but like Mm. you've already nemi sweet big nem nem um <laughs> yeah. you do like a dodge roll to the side and and it's still in like animation recovery while you're just like plowing it with rounds yeah, um, cool. and that just feels fucking awesome and the other thing that it improved is like the dialogue and the schlockiness we were talking about good schlock uh, bad schlock the, yeah. sh- the schlock is way better in this one like yeah right. it's it's way more crazy and yeah. like a bit more absurd and that's what it needed i think i think that second one while for the gameplay it just feels amazing to be like stalking these dank corridors and like everything mm. is real quiet and you know your characters are, are pretty lame or whatever but like in in this one like everyone is like overacting and yeah. they're really really stupid and it's just like it's very entertaining yeah nice yeah Hell yeah, I'm glad you're digging it. Um, who, what was the name of the big bad from 2? So 2 is both Tyrant and Mr. X. 
Oh. They they are one and the same. Same guy? Same guy. Wow. Um, and but in three it's just tyrant. It's just nemesis. Nemesis. <laughs> yeah. I'm I understand. I understand. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. So three has Nemi, dear sweet baby Nemi. Yeah. And two had Tyrant. Yeah. Yeah. And in in game he's referred to as Tyrant, but um because I I wrote a review that's coming out soon for ballapp.net and I Excellent. wanted to I wanted to make sure <laughs> that I got it right. And so yeah, God. it's it's two in Tyrant, but also called Mr. X. So I don't know if maybe he was called Mr. X in the original game, or there's like some documents I didn't find that confirms that, but yeah. Okay. Great. Excellent. And then after three, do you have plans for four or where are you going to meander over to next? Um, I don't know. I kind of got a hankering for Doom 3. Do you remember Doom 3? Doom 3? Um, <laughs> it, it came out in t- 2004. Um, oh, yes, I do remember Doom 3. Yeah, I had it on the original Xbox and I loved it. Yeah, um, right. I, I played it through twice once by myself and once with a friend. And I remember it being so scary. Yeah. Um, and everyone hates Doom 3, but I think I want to, like, boot it up and give it another go and, like, see how it's aged 20 years down the track. You could very easily be the number one Doom 3 streamer on Twitch <laughs> just by being the only person to stream Doom 3. Yeah, that would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, I remember once I was streaming like Monkey Ball or something like that, and oh, someone yeah. came in my chat and they were like, "Hey, you're the number one Monkey Ball streamer on Twitch." <laughs> that There's is one awesome. other person streaming it to an audience of like two or three, and I was like, "Had a street, an audience of like seven or eight. I was like, "Hell yeah, baby!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best. Mm. So yeah, that's that's what I've been up to. Have you been? Have you had time for uh, any video games in between all that uh, spluttering in One Piece? Yeah, um, I've been playing uh, a bit of the old Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, back in Hyrule. I went back to Hyrule, baby. I haven't played a whole lot. It's just been like, while Jamie's watching the news or doing stuff on the Mm -hmm. TV, I'm like, I'll just play some Zelda Mm because I want to be out here, but I don't want to witness the television. I just want to play some Switch. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So that's been good. It's been nice to be back. Yeah, nice. It's very peaceful in Hyrule. Mm, you love to hear um, it. And I've also been playing quite a bit, actually, of Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, no way. It's got mm. its dirty tendrils in you. Uh-huh. The filthy Night City tendrils. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's making me want to go back and rewatch at least some of the Tim Rogers review for Cyberpunk. Oh, bro. I, I do that anyway. <laughs> like that 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 review is the first one of his that i saw oh wow and yeah. uh yeah it's just i love the whole setup i love the format you know how we how he treats it like a cyberpunk mission and he has you like choose videos to watch and then yeah. like skip to the final video it's just it's magnificent but yeah going back and like watching watching those videos what he did like what he didn't like he's got a whole thing about graphics uh, yeah. he talks a lot about bomber jackets. It's uh, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. It's a cool yeah. review. <laughs> yeah, he does talk a lot about the bomber jackets. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's really cool. It's um, such an odd game, you know, because like at at the same time that I'm playing it, I'm also reading New Romancer. That believe me. Right, 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 right. And that to me feels like as I'm reading it, and you know, I'm not, I've never read it before. And I'm trying not to like pay too much attention to the fact that it's you know supposed to be some pretty quintessential cyberpunk content. Yeah, but you you can tell mm. <laughs> it's in the content. It's not mm. there's no like extrapolation needed. You don't mm. need to like you know turn the blinders on or off. It's just immediately apparent that this content that is in Neuromancer is top tier. It's yeah, very very good. Yeah. Um, and it's extre- extremely cyberpunk, you know? Like, you can feel the the grit on the streets. <laughs> mm, it's insane how fleshed out it is, hey? Yeah, yeah. Just, it's got amazing world building. It's got really cool characters and, you know, it, they're, they're just as fleshed out as they need to be for that kind of story, you know? Yeah, um, hard agree, hard agree. And so, yeah, when I jump into Cyberpunk 2077, it's like, 
schlocky Keanu appears in a um, a badly lit hallway and swears <laughs> at me his Keanu-ness. <laughs> Get the fuck up, samurai. You know, like, oh my god, what? Who are you? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I just don't uh, buy a lot of the cyberpunkness that's in the game. But right. I am having a fun time. It's just not cyberpunk. It's something else. They've made something else. Right, right, right. They've right. made some other genre that's like got the skin of a cyberpunk man on it. It's like actually <laughs> some other thing. Yeah, interesting. Look, I've I've got a morbid curiosity about that game. I think I will get there eventually, but like man, it's just it's not even divisive. It's almost reached this level of just weird ambiguity where it's like no one is calling it a masterpiece but it's not broken anymore and no No. one like really hates it i've never heard anyone be like cyberpunk sucked i've been i've heard people say it was really glitchy or whatever but like it's just this weird you know perfectly mid game that (laughs) should have been more probably but it isn't I, I actually think it's quite good. Like, I think oh. there's, like, it's starting to hit a bit of a rhythm with me where it's like, oh, I see the flow, right. you know? Like, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, um, it's got a little bit of the Ubi fever, the Ubisoft map fever. <laughs> the Ubi <where>, like, fever. <laughs> where, it, which is what like... I had on Saturday night trying to sleep at night. <laughs> I had that Ubi fever. Oh, God. Um, the <laughs> night terrors. Um, no, uh, the you like pick a point on the map that's like maybe it's a side story mission maybe it's a main mission i don't know it's pretty far away you get in your car and um as you're driving around there'll be like little 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 blips on your mini map or you'll see some stuff pop up on the side of the street and it's like oh there's a crime happening i'm gonna go fuck it up i'm gonna go kill these criminals or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you kill the criminals and you get some money and then you keep going you're on your merry way it's sort of like the shrines you know you're on your way somewhere right. in Zelda walk past a shrine you're like i guess i'll do the shrine yeah um yep 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 and there's numerous kinds you know there's not just crimes there's like um cyber psychosis people cyber cyber psychos yeah um cyber psychos yeah they've got too much chrome in them they've they've done too many (laughs) too many augments (laughs) right they've gone too far down the rabbit hole of cyber cyberpunk society and they've they've gone crazy yeah yeah cool i can dig Um, it and they're like they're pretty cool because they're like tricked out with like all the latest gizmos they can yeah. run real fast and they yeah. got blades for hands and crazy weapons yeah finding them is pretty cool hell yeah i'm about that and i think there's like something if you can kill them with or take them down without killing them like use non-lethal ammo to subdue them you get some extra extra juice Ooh. i don't know of what flavor but there is juice to be had right maybe you can like um slurp up their you know bespoke hand knives juice or whatever it might be like maybe is that is that i mean i haven't played this game so i'm just running off pure imagination yeah. here but like is that something that you can do like can you get the augments that the enemies have or are they not available sometimes sometimes like the it's, it's pretty rare. If you kill someone with, like, Mantis Blade arms, then mm. usually you can't rip them out of them. Um, right. They have, like, Ripper Docks in this world, which I think they had in... They have in um, Neuromancer, like, the dock do you have to go to to, like, get the augments put in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty cool. You go to those guys, and if you found augments, you can put them in. But it's not, like, just a matter of, you know tearing it out of someone's arm it's like fairly delicately i think that's the law you know it's like right. sewn in there like on the on the neuron level so right. you can't just loot it off them you gotta find it in some like military hardware case somewhere yeah yeah cool that's cool um so yeah i'm trying to also like get into the story and some of the quests are kind of interesting but i'm yet to like find a quest that's like wow this is real good stuff this is like right. proper. none of it seems like cyberpunk you know none of it seems the same kind of thing it's all just other stuff interesting very interesting so do you think um do you think it's actually maybe just this weird sci-fi version of the witcher or is it its own entity (laughs) oh no you do really i I think it is just the witcher but with neon 
Oh um, my god. They've got all of the accoutrement of cyberpunk, but they've somehow failed to make it cyberpunk. You know, it's mm, like, mm. it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, <laughs> all that stuff, but it's definitely not a duck. Um, the, uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, the, one mission I was doing yesterday, actually, which I thought was not that bad and had a bit of cyberpunk in it was, it was just the setup that was bad. So I, I had this mission by, um, they call them fixers, which are people who like find jobs for you to do. Okay. Yeah. Um, they're basically quest givers. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, Hey, go, go talk to this person. They want you to kill someone for, for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They got like a disgruntled ex-husband or something situation. Classic. Yeah. 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 I'm like, wow, this sounds like straight out of the Witcher. But anyway, let's go. <laughs> um, so I go there and he's like, oh, there he is. We got to go. We jump in his car and chase down like a police car. We pull up at the police car and a policeman pops out and shoots the man who I'm supposed to be helping in the head. Oh. And then I'm like, okay, all right, cool. And then I talk to the dude in the car that isn't the policeman. He's like, hey, you need to help me. No setup. Just like, come on, get in the car, help me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have any reason to, but I guess I want to see what this story is, so I get in. Uh-huh. It turns into this, like, elaborate story about, like, this man's faith. He, ac- he like, killed someone on accident, and you go to their house, and you talk to the family who was murdered by this man. Oh, my God. It's like, God. why are we in this house? He's, like, trying to atone for it. Oh, my God. He's, like, all re- he's gone religious because of his, like, you know. His past time in, or whatever. His time in jail. Yeah. yeah and he's like, yeah. Turn, that's how he's atoning for it. Uh-huh. And he's also decided that he's going to, um, uh, so there's a little bit of context. They, they have this like technology in this world called brain dance, okay. which is like a way to record someone's experiences in like video slash VR format. Oh yeah. Yeah. Neuromancer has that too. Yeah. So BDs, they call them. And mm-hmm. you, you have like certain people who have the technology in their head to record BDs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, I'm going to get crucified for this Hollywood company as like my way of ha- like sending myself out as like, you know, this is my final atonement for my sins. Wow. And I'm also going to be like doing this like highly religious thing, but they're going to record it as a BD. <laughs> oh my God. And sell it. <laughs> and sell it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there's yeah. like, you know, the, the studio exec lady or the like studio representative lady is there and she's like doesn't really agree with what's going on, but she's also a corpo. And so she's just like, just trying to get the money across the table. And yeah, yeah. You're like confusing this guy by asking him all these questions about his faith and whether <laughs> or not he actually believes in any of this shit. And does he know he's being taken a ride by this like film company? Oh my God. Yeah. Anyway. So that, that's to me, that was like starting to get kind of interesting and like bordering on, on a little bit cyberpunky, but yeah, still. it's, um, it's hard, right? Because I think I talked about the same kind of stuff with Elden Ring, right? Where, like, there is so much content in that game and finding it can be difficult. And yep. so what they've got to do to make it work, which is an incredibly hard thing to do, is make all of the content of equal quality. And it sounds like that's where Cyberpunk falters a bit because, like, if you're going to have this really intriguing story unfurl before you but to find them you've just got to get in a random car because someone says help me like i feel like i feel like the quality needs to be at a higher level for you to be like you know thinking about getting into that car and that kind of thing um and that's like what elden ring succeeds at right you know there's some like balance issues where like you can't go everywhere because you're just going to get owned but as far as like quality of level design and like enemy placement goes like you can kind of go in any direction in that game and it pays off yeah yeah i i sort of feel the same with cyberpunk but it's just there's a lot of ham fisting you know it's like you'll be walking along and you'll just get a call from a random person you've never met or heard of before (laughs) and they're like hey i heard you're like the person in town who gets stuff done and I'm like, how did you get my number? And why are we talking? You know, it's just like, it's, it's not, there's something natural about, you know, exploring in Elden Ring and you happen upon a cave and, you know, the quest happens from there or you find like a random NPC by a bonfire or whatever, you know, like right. that feels more natural to me than your phone ringing yeah. while you're walking down the street. It's like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get that. So to me, that's the main problem that it, that it has with, maybe that's where I'm getting at, where it doesn't feel cyberpunk. Like nothing that happens to V, who's the main character, mm. nothing that happens to V feels like it happens 
on behalf of her being in a cyberpunk world. It feels like it's happening because that's just like the quest designers, what right. they want to do. Right. Yeah, it's like, oh, so you're walking through this part of town. Okay, now we're going to give them XYZ quest givers. All right, cool. They got those now. But it's mm. never like, why? Why did mm. they get those quest givers? They didn't do anything to do that. They were just walking. Interesting. Right. Anyway, so you got some news? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I loved, I loved that deep dive into that quest. Um, yeah, I got some news. Okay, I got a fucking, like, all-you-can-eat buffet. So I'm just going to start shoving crispy chicken in your mouth, and you're just going to tell me <laughs> when to stop. Okay. Um, Cause yeah, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot here. All right. Crispy chicken piece. Number one, uh, Square Enix is considering more remasters. Thanks to the success of the final fantasy one to six pixel remasters. Have you heard of these? No, no, I haven't heard of them either. Um, so they were really well received. Uh, and so they've been hinting at Xenogears for a potential remaster, which is like a PlayStation 1 um, JRPG and mm-hmm. I think is somehow related to Xenoblade, which is like that current weird JRPG series that honestly looks shocking but is just doing amazingly well financially. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever play Xenogears? No. I've never... I, I haven't really fucked with a lot of, you know, like, I keep seeing little bits and bobs of news about um, Dragon Quest, and I'm like, maybe I should play Dragon Quest. Seems like a good time. Oh, yeah. Um, same with, like, Xenoblade and a bunch of those other JRPGs. I'm just like, man, Chrono Trigger looks good. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, it's just the turn-based combat. There was mm. a time in my life when I, I really put turn-based combat on a pedestal, and now when I try to play a game with turn-based combat, like, it's got to be really engaging for me to push through. Like, Persona 5, that shit is delicious. It's, mm. you know, the speed, the animations, the just, oh, baby, it feels good to work through those menus. Um, gotcha. I, I recently played Xenoblade, uh, not Xenoblade, Dragon Quest Eleven, um, just for a couple of hours, and, like, you know, it was cute and the music was incredible, um, I'm pretty sure that was like the Tokyo Symphony Orchestra on the decks. And so like, yeah, the, oh. the texture of that world, thanks to the music was just wildin. But, um, man, that turn-based combat, it, um, it, it gets a bit boring for me. So I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. really, uh, manage it. What, you were like a big Final Fantasy head back in the day too, right? Back in the day, yeah. Back in like primary school, early high school, I was I was so into Final Fantasy. I think yeah. um I think because you just you know as a kid you have like way more patience for that shit, and you get like one game every six months if that, and you just gotta <laughs> yeah. like stretch that out. You know, like Game Pass has fucking ruined that. If like yeah. a game isn't instantly good, I just uninstall it. <laughs> like yeah. I'll try it, but yeah, there's there's no kind of like purchase commitment so yeah i mean i booted up fist the other day have you heard of this game yeah i have yeah fuck it was so bad it was like oh oh, man they they start off with all this like really weird story and it's bad and everything is bad the animation the voice acting and they don't let you play the game for ages and once you get playing it like it feels all right it's not that great but man i was just thinking fuck imagine if i was 12 and i just spent my like yeah. life savings on this like just brutal just Do you reckon brutal. that's part of it that's like you're 12 and you spent your life savings on it and so it, you make it good you oh, know like you force absolutely. yourself to have a good time with it. absolutely yeah. yeah yeah of course and it's weird how that's probably going to go away with like subscription services right because mm. like i mean there's always i mean there's something in all of us that loves to root for the underdog right so when you play this like indie game that's a bit out of the way not mainstream maybe not popular maybe even not well regarded there's something Mm. in us as human beings that's like i want to give this a proper chance um and i think kids are much better at that than adults are Um, anyway i have no idea where i was going with that uh (laughs) back to the news so 
Microsoft may have finally chomped through the defenses to acquire oh, Activision oh. Blizzard. Yup. Um, so shout out to the word chomped. I write my own headlines. Um, a California judge has ruled that Microsoft have done their due diligence to avoid monopolization. Um, so there's not going to be a preliminary injunction, which basically means that the courts can no longer delay the acquisition. Um, right. So the deal can go ahead as long as they work around the UK because um, all this bullshit only applies to America and, I guess, other countries by default. Right. Um, kind of hard to find. And, you know, it's it's really just been America and the UK and I guess everyone is just, you know, going to do what America does except for the UK. Yeah. It's not yep. exactly clear to me. Um, but yeah, if, if you remember when we did that big lowdown a couple of months back, the, um, the competition and markets authority in the UK, um, they are still blocking the deal, but yeah, for the most part in America and potentially the rest of the world, um, Microsoft are going to push through with that acquisition. I saw today that Sony have signed a 10 year deal with them being like call of duty is going to stay on PlayStation. Um, so like it's happening. Yeah. It's, uh, it's happening. And I feel, I don't think I need to repeat myself, but let's just remember in like long term monopolization, 10 years is a speck of sand on the beach that is the <laughs> post-capitalism wasteland that we live in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's wild. I was noticing this today. I was like, oh, who's got to do the news? Oh, it's Darian. Oh, they're going to get to do the, the, the big piece of news that might be the final time we talk about the i mean the, there might be one be, sorry there might be one more time when we talk about it when the deal actually does go through but right right i feel like we've been bandying back and forth this news item like every week for the last <laughs> year yeah. um so it's good to finally hopefully put this to bed pretty soon i guess totally totally yeah it'll be i mean yeah i guess we'll just wait and see what happens because it's uh yeah, it's going to be weird after all those 10-year contracts die, right? Like the Nintendo yeah. contract, the Sony contract. Is Microsoft just going to be like, well, hell yeah, that contract is up and uh, everything now, is an Xbox exclusive. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Who knows? Uh, uh, they say they won't, but who knows? Exactly. exactly. I mean, so speaking of rooting for the underdog, we mm. all love rooting for the underdog <laughs> i don't know why i said it like that stretching it out yeah um, gotta gather the, your thoughts you gotta gather my thoughts um <laughs> there's this game that has popped up um and it's been floating around in the periphery for a while now but it's really just hit like critical mass over the last two or three weeks oh yeah it's called battle bit remastered have you have you seen this i've i've not heard of it no this is a game that looks like it was made in Roblox. Like it's really oh, lo-fi. Okay. Um, but it is a 254 player per server battle game. Oh, um, okay. And it looks a lot like Battlefield or Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. And it's just been like, it's it's like getting streamed heaps and people are loving it. Because it's like a $30 game or $23 Australian dollar game. And it's just got no dumb shit about it you know there's no battle pass there's oh, no like sick. customization stuff it's just like you buy the game you play <laughs> like old school call of duty or battlefield you know right yep 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 everything's on yeah, the yeah. disc so everything's just on the disc yeah mm -hmm. um and so you know like even though there's there's big companies doing all the moving and shaking like the most popular first person shooter right now is not a call of duty game you love to see it so you know, the future may not be as dank and horrid as we uh, as we're seeing this deal if it does end up happening. Yeah, and you know, we are being pretty cynical, but I feel like it's it's valid to be cynical when big corporations are spending billions of dollars. I feel like that's when cynicism is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Let's feel both our cynicism and our hope at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, shout out. What was the name of that game again? It's It was honestly, we talk about the name of games on this show and that one was very generic. I, I have no idea yeah. what even one of the words were. <clears throat> Take a stab. It was like... <laughs> 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 
Go on. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to take a genuine stab. I'm not going to try yeah. and be funny. It was, right. like, it was like, um, it was like, it was like, um, battle, battle blocks, ba- battle blocks arena or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, not bad. It's battle bit remastered. Battle bit remastered. I got one of the words. You got pretty close. Battle blocks is, and I did say Roblox right after. Uh, so you know. That's okay. I did an amalgamation. Yeah. 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 It's the number one top seller on Steam right now. It has been there for a couple of weeks. So. Sick. It's, it's blowing up. Um, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, all right. The smorgasbord continues. Uh, Respawn is recruiting for their third Star Wars game. Uh, so friend of the pod, Twilight Priest, is going to look out for that bad boy. Last mm. time I hung out with him, he mentioned that, like, the second Respawn, ga- Respawn game was Star Wars canon. So maybe the third one will be as well. You know, that, that Star Wars universe growing ever larger. Um, yeah. Oh, actually, speaking of the Twilight Priest, mm. he sent us an email. I did see that. Do you want to go ahead and read it out right now? Yeah, fuck the news. This is... This is how excited we are for emails. We, uh, <laughs> yeah. we, we just throw the formula right out the window. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Do, do you want to read this or should I read it? You probably have it up right now, so you I, can go for it. I have it up. Okay. Happy It's Almost the Weekend Day, boys. Just wanted to shed a little bit of light for you guys on the recent Elden Ring stats news. Oh, yeah. Last yes. week or the week before, I talked about mm-hmm. those Albanorics. Mm-hmm. Um, the oft-killed Albanorix referred to in the stats are not the ones located in the lakes of Lurnia. Oh, which is where we thought, you know, because that's not early game. And we were like, right. weird that, uh, you know, they're getting destroyed out there. Um, but actually much later in the game, on the cliffs overlooking Mogwin Palace, the area where you fight Mog, Lord of Blood, which is one of the best fights in the game. Yeah, right. I remember uh, him. There's a large group of Albanorics here that are non-hostile until you attack them, but they take so long to get up from their resting position that they may as well be a non-hostile enemy entirely. Oh, yes. Um, this is generally considered the best rune-slash-soul farming location in the game. So there you go. You were kind of onto it, Joe. You said maybe they drop mm. an item or something, but uh, yeah, yeah. Soul, soul farming action confirmed. Um mm. But yeah, he says, definitely interesting to see that farming was so prevalent to skew the results to such an extent. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Like, not everyone is is going to farm. I feel like that's just specifically people who, like, know how many levels they need to level to, like, create a specific build or whatever. Um, yeah. So, yeah, wild that they did it so much that it took the number one spot. Yup, yup. Um, my personal favorite insight of these stats was that if every single person in the world had played Elden Ring, they would have each killed 24 enemies. <laughs> That's oh my pretty God. sick. That's that, insane. That's pretty sick. Happy gaming, everyone. Your friend, Twilight Priest. Uh, thank you, Twilight Priest. Yeah, thank you so much for writing in. We love your emails. Um, you can hit us up anytime at it's almost the weekend pod at gmail.com. Beautiful shout out. Uh, and so, yeah, Respawn recruiting for their third Star Wars game. I suppose that's nothing to be surprised about. I think they're probably just going to make those games until we die of old age now. Like, Oh, yeah. I, th- <laughs> I think that's just the way things go these days. Um, moving right along, Vampire Survivors co-op mode lands mm-hmm. on August 17th. And uh, that's I, today, baby. Oh, no, man. it's not. That's July. July <laughs> today's July. I'll leave you to the news. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm yeah. really bad at dates. Like, I mean, really bad. It's all right. You have many other strengths that we can focus on. <laughs> yeah. Um, Xbox Live Gold is changing to Xbox Game Pass Core. Um, so this is a fairly big ticket Microsoft item. Um, Mm. they're raising the prices for all Game Pass related stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and so Xbox Live Gold is going away. If you've been using gold, you get to keep all those goodies. Um, but it will be replaced with core and they're doing something that PlayStation did temporarily. Uh, but 
Xbox Game Pass Core, which is, you know, the cheapest version that effectively just gives you online capability, um, it will include 25 always accessible games. So, oh, cool. And, yeah, the games are sick. You know, they're like Doom 2016 and Prey and yeah. Dishonored and, like, all that kind of stuff. So, like, Great. you know, that's that's pretty cool. I love the idea oh. that you can just buy, like, a new console these days and just instantly have access to all this shit. Yeah, that's so cool. Like for for people who are looking to get into games, it's like, oh, you buy this console, you get you get this, you just get it, right? Like so I remember, good. I remember playing the fucking PlayStation Two demo disc for like two months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And my final piece of chicken here: Assassin's Creed haptic feedback shirt lets you oh, get God. wrecked physically. Um, so I couldn't find a price for this thing, but you know, this is going to be a huge hit with streamers because like you, you put on this shirt, it's kind of like, it looks like this white armor thing. Apparently it's got like 20 feedback pads all over it. So when you get stabbed and punch, it'll like, you know, vibrate or like, I mean, maybe you can tell me because I haven't held one of those juicy PS5 controllers in my hand. And apparently Mm. those triggers are all feedbacky and they're more yeah. like i don't know what does that feel like <laughs> i don't even they're know sick. how to ask the question <laughs> how, what does that feel like feels good <laughs> yeah okay. um yeah they're great it's uh sort of like what's a couple of examples um so like in um cyberpunk when you're like riding a car and it's, the gear shifts up as you've got the, the trigger um held down mm-hmm. it will like click against your finger like giving you the impression that the car has just like gone up a gear and so that's hard oh. to pull down triggering oh that's pretty cool um there's like different types of um in what's it called eternal they use it a lot they use it a lot there's like a almost like a friction point in a manual car have you ever driven a manual car uh i mean when when i was very young but effectively mm. no okay there's like a point that you can pull the controller up to before it clicks uh, and it's like a mechanic in that game and it changes depending on what gun you're using. Mm-hmm. Also, the, the toughness to pull the trigger can change, you know, gun to gun or car to car. Or, oh, that is you know, cool. Whatever. Yeah. Um, they do it really well or they did it really well in games with like bow and arrow. So like Horizon Forbidden West, you like pull the trigger back and it gets harder to pull the more you push in. So it's like wow. simulating the feeling of bow. The vibration yeah. is really cool in the controller. It's got like micro vibrations. Um, again, Returnal really thrives. They've got like rain at certain points in that game and it sort of just touches the insides of the rotation of the vibrations on the controller and it feels like... Wow, that's fucked up. That sounds amazing. That makes me want to play Returnal even more. Oh, baby, let's go. (laughs) Uh, So that's, uh, yeah, that's the news, baby. That's the news. Um, We love it. Very nice. Hell you yeah. want some topic? I want some topic. I want some... some. Uh, I got absolutely nothing. I was hoping my brain would feed me the content that I could deliver mm. for you, but there was nothing there. It was just, uh, you know, it was the Homer Simpson, like, monkey picking yeah. and chewing ticks off another monkey. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> it's getting late, you know? We're out here <laughs> on a Monday night. <laughs> Nearly 9 p.m. <laughs> the bear is fairy and the drinks are cold. Uh, <laughs> let's go. So the topic this week, is this another week where you didn't look at the doc and you don't know what the topic is? Or I'm do you so sorry. I like, <laughs> I, okay. So like I put. You don't have to apologize. It's fine. I like, I like the lucky dip nature. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I do enjoy the surprise topic, but like I put my topic down for like the next three months, like a month ago. And oh, so yeah. I haven't gone back to look, but uh, yeah, hit me, hit me with this week's surprise topic. Surprise topic. You'll get, you'll get a kick out of this one. This is the history of Twitch. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Actually, you know, I was thinking about this because like when I have a technical issue on Twitch and I do a bunch of Googling, there's just so much stuff out there, right? Mm. Like Twitch is this giant entity. It's probably the worst time ever to start streaming. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I was like wondering what it was like when it first started. 
So, I mean, two things. First thing is you should try streaming on a couple of other places too, just to see how you like it. Like the experience, do different people oh, show up? Right. Like YouTube has streaming. You can stream for free on YouTube. And there's a new one that is like the alternative to Twitch because people, a lot of people are leaving Twitch for various reasons. Right. Um, it's called Kick. Uh, I've never even been to the website. I don't know what it looks like, but I'm assuming it looks a lot like Twitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kick, check it out. Um, that's all I got. Probably okay. more out there, but yeah. Wow. Um, cool. So I do say, like, this is, this, and thing number two is this is a bit of a bait. This isn't like the history of Twitch per se. It's more like uh, the Big Bang that led up to Twitch happening in the first place. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, that I think that's probably the more interesting part of the yeah. story anyway. Yeah. I mean, look. <clears throat> there, there is stuff that has happened with Twitch over the years that has been like, you know, a bit of drama, you know, I, ever since it's been acquired by Amazon way back in the, what was it, 2000 and, oh, I didn't write it down. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I it, it happened. It happened at some point. It was like 2004 or something like that. No, oh, what? pardon me, 2004. Whoa, no, what the 2014, fuck? 2014. It must have been something like that. Wow. The, the, yeah, the number okay. four is in my brain. <laughs> okay. When did... Amazon by Twitch. 14, <laughs> there you go. Wow, there you go. It was, you know, it was in there somewhere in the hallways of your brain. Yeah. God, that was pain. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they did. The, uh, ever since Amazon had bought Twitch, there's been a, a slew of um, poor decisions. Um, and it's hard. You know, you've got a platform that's growing at the rate that Twitch had been growing mm. over the, you know, the last 20 years. And it's just like the last 10 years. And it's hard to keep up with, you know, um, the times that do be a change in, and of all companies to do such a thing, Amazon is the least equipped of which to do such a thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. So this isn't about that. This is about a different thing. You ready to go? I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm in a steamy bubble bath. Oh God. These evening sessions, dude, like <laughs> I'm rooted. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. I'm, okay. What I'm trying to say is I'm ready. Okay. I like all the visuals that go along with this. <laughs> so, <laughs> is the night <laughs> December thirty first, nineteen ninety nine? Whoa! Good lord! A Epic. group of live streamers were partying all night in the basement of a New York City building. I'm sorry, live streamers in nineteen ninety nine. Live streamers, you better believe it, baby. Unaware that the FBI was about to come and raid their bunker party, and for good reason. I'm sorry. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> there were in this bunker party where a bunch of live streamers were partying. Uh, there was interrogation rooms, public showers, freely distributed drugs, and even a gun range fully stacked with automatic weapons. Oh it God. was chaos, and it was live streamed across the world, all headed by one guy named Josh Harris. Wow, bro! So yeah, early Twitch was wild. <laughs> this was not Twitch. This was yeah, a no, thing, no, but, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really was wild. Um, so we're gonna rewind a bit, okay? And just you know, we're doing that thing in movies when you like show the end first, and then you like go back in time and show you all the events that led up to that point. Oh, yeah, totally. Like in John Wick, how it starts yes. with that super corny video. And it's like, what are you doing, John? Keanu Reeves has never spoken in his life. And he's like, looking at you. <laughs> yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's never spoken in his life. <laughs> First four words out of his face. Okay, so we rewind time. Um, it's the 1990s. Mm-hmm. We got friends on TV. We got cell phones in our pockets. They don't fit. We have to hold them. It's <laughs> uh, and the internet was just a tiny baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, enter a very premature but full-featured streaming website called Sudo.com. Ooh, that's it a good name. Full- that's it a good is. name. Yeah, it is a good name. It had live video feeds and a chat box for users, which was way ahead of its time. At this point in time, chat rooms uh, at the time were kind of revolutionary. You know, like you'd go into a, a forum and you'd click on a person's name and you could chat to them. Oh, bro. That's kind of where we were at. So many wasted hours. Yeah. I remember Apple Chat had like this thing. What's it called? Apple Chat? You could just like find strangers. Just strangers and just chat to them. Mm, I think MSN had a, had a similar thing. And yeah. like 
then then you'd go a bit deeper and like find chat rooms that were specifically about a topic oh, and like yeah. oh man i remember just the topics being so unhinged and i mean mm. unhinged in not like a creative way you know not like some i don't know like neurologically interesting diseases or something it would be like you know the topic would be sponges and oh, like right. people would just be trying to make conversation based on that topic like what were we doing with our lives i mean this is the scrub daddy sponsored podcast so i'm all about sponges <laughs> Yeah, you would have, you would have loved that chat. I room. love that chat. Room. I started that chat. Room. Um, <laughs> oh god! The pseudo was founded by none other than our basement party dwelling legend of the intro, Josh Harris. Mm-hmm. He had a vision for what the internet could be, and to get there, he needed money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before he kicked off pseudo, he so this is rewinding again before he even started the streaming website pseudo, he uh, realized that companies needed statistics about the internet to build their businesses. Oh, okay. This is in like the booming.com. Yeah. A lot of, you know, trading com- like companies were going public on, and like having IPOs and that before they went public on the stock exchange, they needed data. Mm-hmm. And so they would pay companies to do reports for them. And that's what he got into doing. Mm, okay. So yeah, he built a research team and started selling reports uh, to financial analysts. Um, amazingly, his reports were really good and seemed accurate and often predictions came true. And wow. so he became like this, you know, um, not a, what would you call it? Like a teller of fortunes when it came to the tech world. Right. Um, if you were a Wall Street fucko in the 90s and wanted the inside scoop on the World Wide Web, Josh was your guy. No shit. Speaking of chat rooms, Josh used the cash flow from his reports to start chat room websites, mostly for adults. So these were, you know, luridly themed topics of unhingedness of which we spoke before, but not of the spongy kind. Um, <laughs> Human yes. bodies are spongy. This, yeah, they certainly can be. Um, so, yeah. And so this was where he kind of made his millions. Josh sold all of these chat room websites and he became a multimillionaire. Wow. Um, he then took his his research company public, and the IPO landed him eighty million dollars. Good lord! Um, so yeah, he'd gone from you know having a, a research company and a couple chat rooms to being a multi millionaire almost overnight. He wow. became the New York City tech party boy, uh, and the dot com era was truly raging. Oh my god! Yes. So yeah. then he uh, launched Pseudo which was basically Twitch, but with more of a focus on replacing TV. Um, right. So it had known figures streaming on there. Um, there was kind of more of a focus around it being like a scheduled thing, I guess. Right. Um, it was a little bit less like you know, millions of people streaming all the time. I think from what I could tell, it's like a few different people would stream and could kind of, you know, it was more, more focused on, on celebrities. Mm, okay. Interesting. Um, Josh realized that streaming at the time was all about the spectacle and pushing boundaries. Um, he even went so far as to invent a character for himself called Lovey the Clown. Mm, bad name. Mm, yeah, pretty bad name. <clears throat> uh, which we have seen mirrored these days actually quite a bit in modern streaming platforms like people such as Dr. Disrespect, Code Miko, VTubers, Asian Cobra, the list goes on. Uh, no, I mean, I'm if you've not. ever heard of any of those. No, I haven't. Okay. I'm um, I'm picturing something kind of derisive like Eric Andre, though. Would that be? A little bit, yeah. I mean, Dr. Disrespect, he got banned from the platform, actually, for streaming in a public bathroom one time. And he's oh. a little bit of a controversial figure. Oh. But he has this sort of, like, um, buff military guy persona that he puts on. Um and he always his his like claim to fame is that he won the Call It or the Halo competition in like two thousand and whatever at some blockbuster video. Um, so he's got like this you know style of, yeah presentation. Code Miko is like a uh, really amazing. Um, it's actually she renders it in Unreal Engine and uses like a full body tracking outfit to record her face and body performance of the character that she plays, which is like a. Uh, sort of like an anime girl, but fully 3D. Wow. Um, and she's been improving that model for the last 
you know, 10 years, not 10 years, maybe like five years. And it's really impressive now. No shit. And, you know, the viewers can interact with her and change her head size and write stuff on her chest and all sorts of fun stuff. Wow. Um, and VTubers are like, uh, they're just like anime characters that are animated using people with webcams. So the webcam records their facial movement, blinks and mouth opening. Uh, right. They perform as characters. Often they just play themselves, but some of them do get into like the role play aspect of, of, of the performance. Yeah. And that's like something that can be really attractive, right? I mean, like for me, I think Jim Sterling or James mm. Steph Sterling is, is yeah. one of my favorite kind of personas because that's like obviously not what they're actually like. They've created this kind of like version of themselves that's like really theatrical and like totally. loud and interesting. And uh yeah, I I and and you know, I think that goes I mean it, it it's in levels, right? It sounds like mm-hmm. these these people are really taking it to like the maximum level. But I think whenever you kind of put yourself in front of a microphone or in front of a camera, you are already kind of creating a version of yourself to suit that context yep 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 i mean i feel the same way with the podcast sometimes you know like totally we get into the flow and it's like who is this guy (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah i am not usually this talkative (laughs) no yeah i mean talk to jamie anytime she'll be like joe never says more than 10 words at a time (laughs) (laughs) so you know um so anyway moving back to josh and his antics um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they eventually caused him to leave sudo.com um okay yeah and yeah sudo i guess went under after that i'm not sure what happened to sudo.com uh after he left Mm -hmm. Um, but his next venture was truly unhinged it was (laughs) called quiet we live in public have you ever heard of we live in public have not heard of it so there's actually a documentary that I would recommend watching. I haven't seen it yet, but I've had it recommended to me. Right. Um, called We Live in Public. And it's all about this. It's all about this, what happened here. Mm. Um, Josh sunk millions into this project. It was uh, built in a fully renovated underground basement parking lot of a hotel in New okay. York. Okay. Uh, there were restaurants, party rooms, bunks, interrogation rooms, and yes, of course, the shooting range. Mm-hmm. Um. He had one simple rule. This is a quote. Don't bring your money with you. Everything is free except the video that we capture of you. We own that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they would have crazy parties at this place and all of it was, you know, drug fueled, drug alcohol fueled. And it's just like live sex on camera, getting streamed around the world. It was like the Wild West back then. Right. Wow interesting yeah yes uh he ended up running the bunker which is what he called it more like a cult uh no these had to answer deeply personal questions including social security numbers upon entry uh cameras were everywhere they were in the bedrooms they're in the bathrooms in the showers in josh's mind no one would have privacy in the future so why here wow yeah he went on to say, and this is also a quote, Andy Warhol was wrong. He said people want their 15 minutes of fame in their lifetime. We think people want 15 minutes of fame every day. Um, and I think that's pretty amazing that he said this way back in like the 1990s because like TikTok is around now and that's just like 15 minutes of fame for people every day. Like people go viral yeah. every day on that app, sometimes multiple times a day. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Man, yeah, that's that's crazy. I gotta say though, like, if I uh, if I was in the tech world at that time, or even the tech world now, and I come across something or make a bunch of decisions, and I end up with eighty million dollars, like, I'm not creating more companes. Like, I'm yeah, done. I'm gone. I'm, yeah, that's I'm enough. Gone, son. Like, yeah, I, yeah man. I'd I'd want to, you know, figure out what I really want to do with my life with 80 mil. I'd be like, do I want to, like, write a book or, like, just be a fat fucking slob? Because, like, 80 mil, that's going to take you a long way. That's enough for most people to not do anything with their family and their family's family for uh, their lives. You know, Gener- if you do it smart enough, yeah, you can you can really stretch it pretty good. Yeah, but um, this, Josh was like, nah, fuck that. We are, that, dude. We're we going, going crazy. Rogue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're doing TikTok in 1999. Um, 
but there's no it's not owned by china and there's no filters on anything <laughs> uh, and so yeah now we return back to the start of the discussion it's the turn of the millennium the fbi rocks up at the bunker the whole thing got shut down Fuck. Uh, josh eventually went on to rig up his entire house with cameras so this is after the fall of the bunker you know, Josh has that kind of tenacity. He he doesn't seem to take a hint. <laughs> no. Yeah, he really doesn't. He's just obsessed with this idea of streaming to the world. Um, and not just like streaming a little bit. It's like everything. Uh, yeah. It's, it's not like we, there's no whole whole bar here. It's just like <laughs> wild. Um, so, yeah, he, he rigged up his whole house with cameras. There's cameras in the fridge, cameras in the toilet, in the shower, in the bathroom, in the bedroom. And it was like highly sensitive microphones all throughout the house. Um, and he streamed the whole thing. Wow. Uh, it took a toll on his relationship with his girlfriend at the time. It also took a toll on his mental health, saying he felt horrible, like he was under surveillance the whole time. Oh. And he was, because he did it to himself. Oh Dumbass. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can't believe he had a relationship with anyone. Like, yeah. Like, it took a toll on the relationship with his girlfriend. No fucking shit, my dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, and this was kind of the death knell for his fortune and his money. This sunk him. He ended up leaving New York, moved to an apple farm, nearly completely broke. Wow. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's where he ended up, just like, you know, living out the remainder of his life in obscurity, largely regarded as a bit of a flop, <laughs> even though he had, like, some pretty amazing, um, like, guesses and fortune telling on what would happen in the tech world Man. and um yeah he just just chilled out there for the rest of his life and the reason that this is sort of prototypical is uh has a lot of parallels to this guy named justin khan okay uh who is the co-founder of twitch right that name actually did ring a bell for some reason yeah so justin also rigged up his house with cameras calling it justin tv and streamed it over the internet what is going on with these yeah. tech lords? They just, good lord, that is that is not something that you know. I mean, we we make a show out of that, right? Like Big Brother. That's yeah. it's this weird reality TV show where you like watch people twenty four seven, or you get the like hypercard at seven thirty or whatever. But it's yeah. just like it why? still sucks though. With the hypercards, <laughs> these people suck. Watching people mostly sucks. Uh, so, um, yeah. The Twitch slash Justin didn't actually know about the We Live in Public or even know about who Josh Harris was prior to starting Twitch. Um, though they did say that it would have made them think that we could do this better or that it would have just inspired them more. Um, interesting. So, you know, just sort of parallel worlds there, I guess not exactly crossing, but lining up in an interesting way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Amazon eventually went on to buy Twitch for $970 million in an all-cash deal. And that's kind of where we find ourselves today. And that's not the history of uh, Twitch. That's a little bit of the history of a guy named Josh. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. I especially loved the structure. I loved Mm. how things started with the FBI bursting down the door. That was exactly like a movie. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're doing it. We're out here. We're out here, you know? <laughs> that's, uh, my, that's my new favorite saying, we're out here. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love it a lot. We are out here. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's all I got for you this week with the, with the topic. But, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. I do eventually want to go back and look at Twitch itself uh, and some of the whinings and dinings of what went down there. Yeah. Uh, but maybe that's for a future epi. Yeah, yeah. I mean, man, it always blows my mind how prevalent internet history was in the 90s, you know? Like, that shit was going on. And, I mean, maybe it was because we're in Australia or something, but, like, I remember when the first internet service provider came to our town, you know? Like, I remember when they set up shop and, like, everyone was losing their minds. It was fucking awesome. And... That was happening at a time when, like, people were making $80 million with their internet company that, you know, had trends and made predictions. And it's like, fucking hell, that's just, mm-hmm. that's just wild to me. 
yeah, it was a really strange time that I feel like I missed out on a little bit because I was like a mm. kid, <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. would have been cool to see some of this. I'm sure there's like archives out there with some of this stuff, but I haven't fished around for it. And of course, there's the documentary um, that you can check out too, which probably has most of the archival footage. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, the, yeah, I, yeah, like I said, I kind of feel like early internet, especially early internet, like really prototypical internet would be sick mm. to just see the weird, you know, stuff that was around it was just yeah it was bonkers there was no the wild west i wonder if kids these days will still type in like www.boobs.com apparently kids these days are like actually really bad at computers like they don't understand like file structures and stuff like that because what? they're so yeah because they're so just like ipad babied you know they oh. only click on icons now oh they only dude. understand icons apple does make you really stupid like yeah. I tried to use, like I bought an Android phone. This is a long time ago, but I bought an Android phone, like trying to, you know, it was like a Samsung edge or some shit and it was all gimmicky. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm about it. And it was just like the worst experience on planet earth because Apple made yeah. me stupid. I don't, yeah. I don't have to think when I use an Apple phone, like when I used an Android phone, like I had to do all this shit and I was like, this is, I didn't realize like using a phone was a hobby you know, <laughs> I just, I just want it to do what I want it to do without thinking about it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I getcha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, apparently there's like a big deal with like computer literacy in the new generation because they just can't navigate folder structures. <laughs> That's bananas. That's bananas. Yeah. I swear to God, we inch toward entropy with every day. Yeah. Yeah. We sure do. Anyway. And on that note, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you've got any predictions about how entropy will arrive, uh, please send them to us at it's almost the weekend pod at gmail.com. Otherwise, if you've got no closing thoughts on uh, the history of Josh Harris and the beginnings of Twitch, um, no, but I do just want to say a quick thank you to all of the people who've tuned in for our Fear and Hunger episode. The number just keeps on climbing. Oh, as well as the yeah. new listeners that have showed up from the Monday Sandwich Interactive Fiction episode. Heap of new listeners coming in from that. So that's really cool to see. That's the kind of crowd we like. Um, Hell yeah. So yeah, just welcome and hope you stick around and write us an email, you filthy... <laughs> no, no, don't insult them. Don't insult them. They're new. Yeah. Yeah, write us an email. It's almost the weekend pod at Hell yeah. Um, well, next week we're going to be doing our Tiny Kin Game Club special. That's right. Um, so tune in for that. But until then, have a lovely weekend and we'll chat to you when it's almost the weekend again. Hell yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.